Welcome back to the What Was That podcast. This episode is dedicated to some of the unplanned, unprofessional visits, investigations, or spooky places that we've been. We'll start off with Airport Road, talk about an asylum hospital in Pittsburgh, talk about the Seven Gates to Hell and Kunkel's Mansion in Pennsylvania, and end with Gettysburg and Antietam. So starting off, Airport Road. This is located in Greenbrier County, West Virginia, near Rain, Rain Hell or Raynell. I googled Airport Road, Raynell, West Virginia, and came across a website that discussed abandoned airfields in the whole of West Virginia. So all the information is from there. So Airport Road led to the old Raynell Airport slash Raynell Air Park. An aerial photo from 1970 shows one unpaved one runway and one hangar. The airport was actually started in 1963 by Lawrence Haynes and was activated by the FAA in 1969. I thought this was pretty interesting because for how small the area is, in 1987 they recorded 74 takeoffs or landings. By 1993 it had a restaurant on site and in 1997 an aerial photo shows that it was still in operation. In 2003, it was bought by Rick Harshberger, who actually built a second hangar in 2007 and a third hangar in 2009, so he expanded on the property. But for some reason, um, in 2014, it was closed, and the restaurant was abandoned. And you said you've never seen the airport, right? No, I haven't. Do you, th- do you know if the road even goes to it anymore? I, uh, I really don't. So there's nothing on the interwebs about any haunting, so I'll let you talk about the place because you've been up there more than me. I only went up there once. I've only been up there a couple of times. We did an impromptu investigation. We caught an EVP telling us to get out even though it was the middle of the woods Um, and maybe a few K2 hits, but nothing really major. It's just mostly like sometimes you'll just get these intense like feelings or weird smells out of nowhere that have no reason to be there, and that can cause... uh, a bit too uh what would you say it it can cause some extreme feelings of dread fear terror and then want or need to just get out of the area do you think that it's actually haunted like do you think something happened there do you think maybe it's old indian land it could be any number of factors really uh there's a story of from a group of friends that used to be that used to hang out with my ex-wife who talked about one of their friends died under mysterious circumstances it was ruled a suicide but some think that he was murdered but basically he died of a gunshot wound and he was supposedly or allegedly cleaning his gun when the gun went off he died on a couch and that couch was thrown over the hill off that road Hmm. not exactly sure where or if that has anything to do with it but it was corroborated by four different people at four different times telling the same story so the only time I was up there, I don't know what possessed us to go up there, but it was you, me, and Thaddeus. And I remember we went up there in Thaddeus's little four-door white car that he had at the time. And I remember you guys got out of the car and walked around. I don't know if we had any like of our equipment with us, but I refused to get out because um, I was actually absolutely terrified. I sat in the back seat most of the time with my eyes closed. <laughs> I don't know why I was that scared. It could have been all the the stories you guys told about how creepy the place is, but I just felt like I shouldn't have been there and that something bad was going to happen the longer we stayed there. And I remember on the drive home, 
something was with us in the car almost the whole time. Like we crossed over. I remember crossing over some little bridge coming into right now. And like that feel, all those feelings like vanished. I don't think I'd go back. <laughs> no, I, I, there's no real reason to. So next we'll talk about um, an asylum in Pittsburgh that you and Kevin Worsnack got to go to. So um, this was when Sean and Kevin went to see Immortal in Pittsburgh. And Kevin's girlfriend at the time, Katie and I stayed back from that concert. And then we stayed back while we let them have a boys night, basically. So the first bit of info about this place comes from Wikipedia. This place was known by various names. Western State School and Hospital, Western Center, the Pennsylvania Reform School, the Youth Development Center of Cannonsburg, the House of Refuge, and finally Morganza. Mm-hmm. So it was a state-run mental hospital, reform school, and then also served those with disabilities. It was finally closed in 2000, and they unfortunately demolished all of it by 2011. The exterior of the admin building was filmed for Science of the Lambs. I'm assuming they probably used that as, like, the hospital for where... They kept Hannibal Lecter, yeah. Yeah. So it opened in 1850 as a reform school. And for those that aren't familiar with reform schools, think of Preston Castle out in California. And if you haven't seen the Ghost Hunt... Ghost Adventures episode on that. I highly recommend it. You can think of it as just a, a, a what would you call it? It's like a home for boys that are in yeah, trouble. Yeah, it's, it's like a prototype juvenile detention center, yep. only it was a lot more brutal and uh, a lot worse than what the juvenile centers are today. Yep. So it first opened in 1850. So I wonder how many years that is from 1850 to So it opened in 1850 as a reform school. And it stayed that way up until the 1960s. So that's, what, 100 years? Yes. That's crazy. Well over 100 years, about 110. And then in 1962, it became a hospital for the mentally handicapped. And that was built separate from the reform school on campus. By the end of the 1960s, the reform center was phased out and the mental hospital took over those buildings. And then it became known as Western Center. In 1992, the site was in a lawsuit that was brought by disability advocates. And the result was that the state can move residents out of Western Center to community-based facilities. Coincidentally or not, this is at the same time the county bought the land. And around 1993, so only a year later, they opened the Phase 1 of South Point, which is a big business park. By 1998, they began efforts to close everything by moving the final 56 mental residents to temporary housing, and they were all gone by 2000. And that movement to move the residents off campus was highly controversial because for some reason, some residents got moved to far-flung places like out of Pennsylvania away from family. Mm Mm-hmm. So it was demolished in 2011 to make room for the business park. And I was curious to know if it was ever placed on the historic register because that's supposed to protect buildings. But I, I don't never, think it I was. Never, we never saw a placard for the National Register of Historic Places, nor did we see a sign for it. And we parked at the business park. That's how we found our access. And then, of course, walking around the building. Now, they did have people who patrolled it. And, you know, luckily we were all we were wearing all black and managed to... Uh, 
blend in with the shadows behind walls and stuff and then we of course made our way down through one of the basement windows and climbed into the basement and through the basement we were able to get into the main building but we only went up to like the second or third floor we didn't really go explore around a lot just because of the amount of time and the fact that there are like patrols around it like on foot patrols what year was that? Do you think that was like 2009, 2010? Somewhere around in So you there. got to see it right before it was demolished. Yes. Wow. Yes. Now, the on, there were, the, it was only the main building was still standing, which I'm guessing is the original main yeah. building with the uh, copper. Because like uh, Penhurst, they used what? Cop, was it copper that they used on the very tops of the buildings? It's like the metal like oh, things. Oh, yeah. You know what I'm yeah. talking about? Because Pennsylvania has that very unique uh, architecture that they yep. use. Um, again, we caught some strange, uh, voices coming through the, the shack hack, which was, a modified radio shack radio that in theory works the same as a spirit box. Uh, we caught some EVPs, some strange K2 hits, but other than that, it was, it was just a quick in and out kind of thing. And, uh, we didn't get caught by any of the foot patrols, which was, which was pretty cool. So it's a good thing you got to see it because that place had 161 years of history and they tore it down. For business park and how much do you want to bet dollars to donuts half of that business park isn't full like you know when you go to like these big business parks only like half of the offices are being used they probably tore down 161 years of history for nothing when somebody could have bought the property renovated it opened it up and did what robert or what um rebecca G- gleason's doing with trans allegheny yep and you know that's that and that begs a, a, a different conversation one of these days about the tearing down of the old state hospitals and things of like that. Yes, psychiatry and psychology were in their infancy. I mean, you have to think, uh, mental illness and mental hospitals have been around since, what, late 1600s, 1700s, something like that. And we didn't, and when I say we, I mean those in the mental health field from that time to now treatment didn't really start until what the 1900s 1890s with psychoanalysis and and therapy under freud that and remember i don't know when kirkbride started building his buildings but remember his whole focus was on creating like a calm therapeutic environment yeah so people don't realize that they think like these mental hospitals were like savage places and unfortunately many of them did turn out that way because they became overcrowded because people were just being dumped there yeah i mean but it started out with best intentions well yeah and the road to hell is paved in good intentions don't get me wrong but moral treatment was the idea of give them a safe place where they're not in jails they're not in the poor houses they're not being predated upon truly psychopathic criminal types um yes lack of funding overcrowding short staff leads to a lot of problems and, custodi- and custodianship was the goal of the hospitals or asylums or whatever you want to call them from the 1700s up until like 1950. I want to say it, you didn't really see therapy until really until Freud and Jung came around with psychoanalysis. And then you had like uh, you have different psychotherapeutic modalities from Freud, Jung, Adler, and of course the the students that came in after them plus the invention of psychiatric yeah yeah which that was by accident because what what they first were doing was they were using uh 
I forget how they figured it out that with a couple of patients, they overdosed them on insulin. I think they were diabetic and schizophrenic, and so they overdosed them on insulin. And when they came out of the insulin comas, their psychosis had decreased. So they thought, okay, well, maybe that's what will help all people with schizophrenia. And then they decided to go with electroshock therapy because one of the problems with insulin overdose is it kills them. Mm Mm-hmm. And so they used uh, electroshock therapy, and then you had Walter Freeman, you know, trying to deal with psychosis, depression, bipolar disorder, and everything else with uh, um, temporal lobotomy, um, the transorbital lobotomy through the eye. But you know that wasn't that wasn't done out of malice or some sort of psychopathic. Uh, what would you say? Glee and joy over the suffering of another individual. It was how do we alleviate the suffering of these individuals? I mean, uh, you didn't have antipsychotics really being used to, to treat psychosis until the 1950s, you know, and, and up until that point, like, all of the different psychoanalysts and psychotherapists and psychologists and psychiatrists were trying to figure out how do we increase the number of discharges so that we can alleviate the overcrowding problem. Yep. You know, it, like I said, I think that's a whole episode on its own is just talking about the mental hospitals, the history of it, and, and trying to... We kind of did that in season two on Mental Health Awareness Day. We just kind of talked about how shameful it is that all these places are being torn down. There's not much left, but I do want to do an episode with you kind of on Young and the Paranormal, so maybe we can do do it then. Yeah, I still need to read that book on Synchronicity and the Paranormal by Jung. Yeah. So now we're going to stay in Pennsylvania, but go towards the middle of the state and talk about Kunkel's Mansion. And just a disclaimer, guys, if you don't hear much out of me, this was before me and Christina ever met, so I was never at these places, so I don't really have a whole lot to contribute. Yeah, this was like 1999, 2000s. Yeah, so we're talking a good 10 years before we ever met. Yep. So when I Googled this, all I found were pictures of the... If you want to Google it, you can see if you can find the pictures... It looks like a shell of the place and brick ruins. And that made me feel crazy because I knew I had been inside a full house. Well, I want to say when I was reading the story, it was only in 2009 when um, that Kunkel's mansion was struck by lightning. Yeah, we'll get into that. So it's very possible that it's not a shell. You were actually in the house because if I remember correctly. There was a guy I found a post on Reddit. Yeah, and he said he was inside a full house. In 2004, so I, that made me feel less crazy. I was like, oh my God, I dreamed everything up. So, And it was funny because he had the same crappy directions we had in 1999. There's actually a picture taken from a YouTube video here when I googled up Kunkel's Mansion, and it shows a lady standing in a windowsill of what looks like just a single wall. Can you flip your computer around without like making tons of noise? I could try to. Hold tight. Ooh, ooh. Watch your glass. Ooh, ooh. Yeah, yep. I remember those bricks, so yep. Yeah, so I, I mean, if she was able to find that, then um, I would say... I that. mean, the place is real, but we'll, we'll talk more about the folklore. Okay. So I, I have no idea how I heard about this. It's probably one of those stories that circulates through high school kids in the area. Um... And oddly enough, just like the guy that made the Reddit post on it, it took us twice to find it, too. It's near the town of Goldsboro, Pennsylvania, which is around the area I grew up in in York County, Pennsylvania. 
I can't really remember. I don't have very many memories from trying to find it the first time, except that it was walking through a lot of cornfields and it was hot and we just felt like we were walking forever. So we gave up. But I do have memories from the second time we went and where we actually found the place. And it's just funny to me. I have no idea like how we had the, the these directions that the Reddit guy did. I don't the internet wasn't big back then. I don't know if that was from Shadowlands or passed down mouth like by word of mouth, but or, I'm, I'm happy could, to hear that Shadowlands is still I mean, it's quite possible that they both melded together too because a lot of times, especially nowadays, a lot of the like paranormal hotspots, I've noticed that there is a, a conjoining of word of mouth folklore mixing in with internet folklore can you go to shadowlands i'm curious to i'm see. actually on shadowlands can right you go now. to york county pennsylvania and see if kunkel's mansion is on there i can certainly do that because i figured while you were talking about your pennsylvania stories i'd look at other places that we've lived and see what they said okay so while you dive into that i'll talk about the history legend of this place i knew it to be abandoned and haunted and that it was scary to get to People were supposedly shot at. Some people were kidnapped. But here's what I found online. So the Reddit user posted that the Kunkel family was real. They had a large farm and large family. And they lived there in 1872. And at that time, Goldsboro was pretty isolated. It was this little farming community 25 miles from the town of York. Mrs. Kunkel was considered, quote unquote, strange by the townsfolk. One day when Mr. Kunkel went into York to shop, Mrs. Kunkel went nuts, murdered her children, her sisters, nieces, and nephews, and then hung herself on the third floor. Yeah, it's on here. It says here it's a deserted house on the outskirts of Lewisbury slash Goldsboro. Cannot be seen from the road, but is off Pine Road near an old bridge. It's quite a hike through the woods to get to it. It actually isn't a mansion, but an old farmhouse. It's supposed to be the site of a large massacre and suicide where the mother of a very large family couldn't stand being isolated with the children. So while her husband was busy farming, she snapped and killed all of her children with an axe and a knife. And then killed her husband and went to the attic and hung herself. After going unnoticed by the locals, they were found and it's now vacant where parties are held, satanic rituals are reported. Of course there's a Satanist. <laughs> and, and the hike through the woods is eerie and a presence can be felt the house is still standing and the woman can be seen sometimes standing in the windows and her sobbing can be heard a presence was felt in the basement and a live tree not dead or decaying fell while someone stood nearby i remember, oh, i do remember that story now okay all right well strange usa says that supposedly the mansion which now we know is a farmhouse it was a big it was a big farmhouse was owned by a rich doctor who was killed on the property along with his wife and kids by a crazy, jealous murderer. And that's the story I heard. It was the one with the doctor. Another site said it was the opposite, that Mr. Kunkel went crazy and killed everyone. There's a book on Amazon called The Legend of Kunkel's Mansion. I didn't buy it, but you're able to read some of it on Amazon. And this the author dives more into the backstory so the kunkels were a real family and they moved from erie which is like the northern part of the state to goldsboro and built a large farmhouse in the woods apparently mr kunkel was actually the town doctor who traveled a lot and legend has it that mrs kunkel couldn't stand being isolated because again goldsboro at the time was a small farming community and she went crazy and killed the kids and herself 
So, I will talk about the second time we went there because I it's it's kind of piecemeal memories, but I'll tell you what I remember. I know we went with a big group. It was my me, my boyfriend at the time, his brother, my boyfriend's best friend, and some of my girlfriends. And just like you read on there and like the guy said on Reddit, you had to park by a creek or a bridge and, quote, walk up a 70-degree incline hill. That's the hike from hell. And then you get into the woods. From what I remember is I remember we, we climbed up the hill and we, like, crested the hill. And I remember seeing it, like, the house peek through the trees. And for some reason, it made me stop. And I was, like, frozen in fear. Because it was, I mean, it's a creepy old abandoned house. But for some reason, man, it just made me stop dead in my tracks. All my girlfriends, like, refused to go in. They stayed in the field. But I went in with um, my boyfriend, his brother, and his best friend. And we got in there, and it was severely graffiti, just like the guy from Reddit saw, too, back in 2000. There was occult symbols and all the shit you see. Sorry about my language. At, at abandoned places. But for some reason, I have this distinct memory that there was still furniture there in 1999. For some reason, I remember there being a sofa and like a fireplace on the bottom floor. And then you could see the stairs going up to the second floor. I don't know why that's in my memories, but it is. So I refused to go upstairs, but my boyfriend and his brother did. So I stayed downstairs with his best friend. I don't know what happened. I knew, I think that either my boyfriend or my boyfriend's brother saw a woman upstairs, like an apparition, and they came hauling ass down the stairs, like freaked out screaming, which caused all of us to freak out and scream when we ran through the woods in the dead of the night and got back to the vehicles. Luckily, no one got hurt. I don't know why we ever went back. Um, That's at that age where you're like 16 going on to 17, and it's cool to be with like your boyfriend and partying and not crawling around abandoned houses. So according to the the user on Reddit, a lightning strike, like you mentioned, hit the house in 2009 and burnt the majority of it down. When the guy from Reddit was there in 2004, he actually had ghost hunting equipment with him and they caught a woman's silhouette on the third floor and a photo. They caught small shadow figures on camera and EVPs. Um, And the thread He was asked multiple times to post his evidence, but he never did. And, of course, that thread's from eight years ago. So So that place was my first jump into the the paranormal, which is why I wanted to cover it, even though it was before our time together. Yeah. Well, you know, here's a a couple of places that I I think are worth mentioning before you get into Devil's Den and... and, uh, Now, are they places that we've been? Because we might be covering them in later episodes. Well, Well... just be the the reason I would just want to mention these places real quick is I th- I can't tell which one of these two because while you were talking about the 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 Kunkel's mansion and the gates to hell is the uh, um in Pittsville we went to Philadelphia remember we took that big day trip where we went and saw like a bunch of historic stuff in Philadelphia there was the Kirkbride Hospital it was the yeah. one that he went to which one is it is it the because there's two hospitals here they talk about. We went, that day we went and saw all, like, the Liberty Bell, that stuff. And we went to the Thomas, 
It was a white. It's a white building in Philadelphia. It's still operating as a mental. Yeah, it's still it's still a psychiatric hospital. Yeah, was that the Institute? That's it of Pennsylvania. But there's also a Friends Hospital. No, we didn't go to that one. Okay, so the Friends Hospital. This is what um, Shadowlands is saying is the front with the with the Institute of Pennsylvania. Is there's an elevator door that opens and there's loud noises and voices and footsteps come from the elevator. I don't think we could get in because there's security because it was an active. Yeah, it's an active hospital. Yeah. And I think they have a forensic wing, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. Yep. And that's probably why. And then this friend's hospital was built in 1813 and was an original patient quarters and home of the superintendent and his wife. So I wonder where the friend's hospital is in relation to the Institute of... Oh, my God. Kirkbride I Institute. bet you any money it was torn down because... Well, it, that's the other thing I want to talk to you about here, too, is I was looking through Pennsylvania's Allentown. There's no mention of the Allentown State Hospital. Interesting. Because I was looking at it. Like, here's what, there's the Good Shepherd Home. There's Hamilton Street, the Hamilton Street Magic Tree, King George Inn. What county did you go to? It's it's done by state. It's not done by county, or it's or it's done by city or township or whatever the hell you guys have there in Pennsylvania. Oh, I don't know what that. Because there's King George Inn, there's Magnolia's Vineyard Restaurant, Monster Elementary School, and then it goes from there to Allenwood and then Altoona. Hmm. So you would think that there would be something about um. Maybe because Allentown. it was an operationalist until it was torn down. Uh, I don't know if, if that's necessarily accurate or, or it did the production of that movie uh, Glass, did that halt the demolition? Because that's where they found oh, it. Oh, you're right. Yeah. Hmm. Interesting. All right. Well, you mentioned Seven Gates of Hell, so I'm going to talk about the Seven Gates of Hell, also in York County, Pennsylvania. I'd be curious to see what Shadowland says about it. There was no mention of it in the York stuff, believe it or not. Um, I can go back and look, but only thing it brought up was Kunkel's Mansion. Let's see. There's the abandoned York Prison. There's York College. There's Toad Road. Is that what you're talking about? That's it. Toad Road. So what's it say? They're talking about a house on Toad Road. That's another house where years ago a mother, father, and a baby lived in the farmhouse in the middle of a field. And the mother killed the baby in the basement one night and then went upstairs to the living room and hung herself from the rafters. And the house was vacated and left that way. It's currently still standing. Some have reported still seeing the new swinging in the ceiling and the basement lights come on and off. That almost sounds like the Kunkel's Mansion legend. Um, August 24th. 2004 update the farmhouse in the middle of the field where the mother hung herself has been torn down by whoever owns the land the barn behind the building which did stand for a time after the house was torn down has also suffered the same fate the only structure left standing in the field is an old outhouse looking building and this is on toad road in york county get permission before exploring the area hmm oh wait i was wrong seven gates of hell yep it's a separate private road off of Toad Road. Years ago, there was a mental hospital located near there. It's now a deserted building. Hundreds of mental patients were said to have escaped from there and killed in the woods surrounding it. If you travel back to Toad Road and go through the seven gates known to the locals as the seven gates of hell, no one has ever gotten through the fifth gate. Everyone oh, who fifth. Ma- I Every, thought it was fourth. Okay. Everyone who makes it to the gates hears noises and sees weird stuff moving in the woods. Here's an update from November 2005. It was so popular among the local teenagers that just recently the old hospital and the gates were torn down. 
One gate stands, the first gate, which is highly visible off Trout Run Road, the area's private property. There are many new no trespassing signs. Forestry agents are reportedly tearing down trees back there to stop people from coming to experience the freakiness. Then there was an update from March 2008 that resident reports investigating the site extensively states this submission is totally false. There was, never was an insane asylum. Yep. The metal gate is there, but it belonged to a mansion or house. The insane asylum was not recently torn down as there was never there. Yep. I'm glad that site's being updated. All right, well, let's talk about it. So most of this background information comes from a book called Beyond the Seventh Gate by Timothy Renner. So I heard about this in high school. This is another one that I went to two times. Um, so Sean mentioned that it starts with Toad Road. So the legend of Seven Gates starts with Toad Road, and that's in York County. You can walk a trail off Toad Road through Seven Gates. As you pass each gate, it gets progressively more scary. And you get closer to the Seventh Gate, you'll see things like hellhounds. And the actual seventh gate is supposed to be the actual gate to hell. I thought people never made it past the fourth, but Shadowlands says people never made it past the fifth. Another part of the legend was that when you walk this trail, you'd have to watch out for the escaped mental patients who still roamed the woods after the asylum, which wasn't really there, burned down. There's also another variation about a crazy doctor who kept mental patients at his house. I didn't hear that one until I read um, Timothy's book. When we were trying to find it back in high school, I remember there was confusion between Trout Run Road and Toad Road and where exactly the entrance to the Seven Gates were. But we did find Toad Road, and at the time it dead-ended with the, the, a gate. And that gate, I remember, was like a white... It's like the white gates you see sometimes at block trails at a state park. And that's supposedly the first gate. Now, his book says that there's only ever been one gate, but I have a distinct memory of passing something in the woods that looked like the second gate. I don't think it was a gate per se, but it had, like, the big posts and, like, steel sticking out of it where a gate might have been. I remember being 1,000% freaked out. But, again, it's the woods at night. Supposedly there's mental patients roaming around. I think we just had flashlights, you know, and supposedly there's demons and hellhounds and all this stuff. That would heighten anyone's senses. I remember friends saying they kept seeing things in the woods, but I remember being so scared I just looked straight ahead like I would not look in the woods. But I just felt like there was tons of things in the woods, like, staring back at me. I couldn't, I can't remember if the trail dead ended or if we got into private property but we got spooked by something, or we got spooked by something. We ended up turning around. And there was also a legend in the book that I read about, and I remember this too, that you should never turn your back while on Toad Road. So as you're leaving the, the gates, you're supposed to walk backwards because if you turn your back, you could get drug into hell or whatever. I actually went back two, three years later with friends from high school, and for the life of me, I could not find Toad Road. I have no idea how we were, found it that... That one time, but I never, never could find it again. So as Sean mentioned, um, Tim, Timothy also mentions in his book that there was never an insane asylum there. And he looked at land deeds and everything. He has the research to back it up. He thinks the legend started because near Toad Road, 
there was a mansion that was privately owned. It got turned into a sanatorium, and then it got turned into a nursing home. And in 1949, it caught fire. It was such like a huge fire, like residents from the area came to see it, as more specifically high school kids. Um, what's the other? And the other legend was, it's not a legend, but the other story is that there's actually a um, psychiatrist who lived on Toad Road that worked at the West York Sanitarium in York and that he was eccentric and they, that's supposedly the legend that he kept crazy people in the basement. So that's the seven gates to hell. Sounds like it's all they're trying to tear down trees to keep you out. Yeah, and it sounds like it's just local folklore um, and mythology really sucking people in, and you buy into it, and then your senses are on full alert. So the next place we're going to talk about is a place that um, you and I got to go to, uh, known as Antietam Battlefield, and I believe it's Sharpsburg, Maryland. Civil War Battlefield. Um, those aren't familiar with the Civil War, read a history book. Um, but Antietam was the bloodiest day in American history. 23,000 soldiers were killed, wounded, or missing after 12 hours of combat on September 7th, 1862. It ended the Confederate Army of, it ended the Confederate Army of Northern Virginia's first invasion to the North. And actually led to Abraham Lincoln issuing the preliminary Emancipation Proclamation. I don't remember feeling anything weird until we went to Bloody Lane. Yeah, that's where... Um, Excuse me for a minute. <coughs> now, if I'm not mistaken, the Bloody Lane, that, isn't that where a lot of soldiers fell because it was a trench and many of them ran out of ammo? And so they kind of got mowed down, and hence why it was called Bloody Lane. Yeah, the trail is 1.6 miles long, and you can walk down the, the bloody lane. So here's the... This is from the Park Service. So, as dawn broke on September 17th, 1862, the Union Second Corps was positioned on the eastern side of Antietam Creek, where they waited to orders to advance onto the battlefield. At 7.20, the Union Commander George McClellan directed his Second Corps to cross the creek and was 15,000 soldiers. Um, so at the same time, General, General John Sedgwick, commanding the, or sorry, of that second corps of 15,000 soldiers, they took 5,000 men and they waited the creek at Prime Mill Ford. He personally led them into the West Woods, attempting to like flank the Confederates and crush their line and that immediately killed 2,200, so it wiped out, like, half of that corps. Um, the next division tried to go straight through the field, and it was difficult terrain. Uh, let's see. And they moved towards General D.H. Hill's Confederate forces, which were posted in the sunken road, which is now, the what is it, Bloody Lane? Mm-hmm. So after more than three hours of combat, so this is hand-to-hand combat and this, like, depression in the ground, 5,500 men were killed or ruined. The sunken road was forever known as Bloody Lane. And if I'm not mistaken, isn't there a historical picture of the Bloody Lane there that's 
feature in a lot of Civil War books yeah, where it's, it's uh, if I'm not mistaken, isn't it like a person with a wheelbarrow and there's like half decayed remains sticking out of it where they were digging up the soldiers because they were quickly buried? Yep. And I don't, I didn't look at any hauntings on any team. We just went there to just to see it and yeah, see if we could get any. We were coming back from Pennsylvania. No, we were going to Pennsylvania. We were going to Pennsylvania. But I do remember standing in that bloody lane and it was... It was off. It was an off feeling, cold chills. The cemetery was a little off too, if I'm not mistaken, because mm-hmm. we walked through one of the big memorials that had all the headstones and stuff, and it was where a lot of the Irish Brigade had been um, killed because there's an American flag and an Irish flag. That's stand, right, and that felt really, really off, like really, really weird in in full daylight too. I don't know how often they allow. I don't think they're as open to the paranormal as Gettysburg, but um, I'd like to go there sometime at night to see what you catch. I think it'd be interesting. It'd be interesting, yeah. So that leads us to Gettysburg. Growing up near Gettysburg, I've been there numerous times. Middle school, high school, history classes, love going to Gettysburg. Um, I got to go once. You got to go once with myself and my parents. The only place... Oh, and... Again, if you never heard of Get Battle of Gettysburg, read a history book. Or how watch the damn movie called Gettysburg. <laughs> but it's now unlike Antietam and Gettysburg is known to be insanely haunted. They like embrace that haunting. Any of your favorite paranormal shows, they've been to Gettysburg. Yeah. So the place the only place I ever felt creeped out is a place called Devil's Den. And if it was it that or was it little or big round top where again people ran out of ammo and engaged in like hand to hand combat. That might have been little round top. But the unarmed combatants actually won the damn battle. And it was mostly because they were fueled by alcohol. Because <laughs> they had a big uh, Patrick's Day uh, celebration, wasn't it? Oh. Like right before the battle started? Or, um, or no, it I can't th- be because Gettysburg was in July. I forget what was going on because there, there was a couple of things that really turned the tide of the battle there. One was the absolution on the rock. That was where the um, Catholic priest was basically forgiving them of their sins if they died in battle and stuff like that. So, like, the Confederates, all they saw was, like, a bunch of Union soldiers, like, knelt down in prayer and quiet. And as soon as they got up, they went in and started fighting. Um... Sorry, I didn't mean to throw you off. No, it was just one okay. of those things. It was just one of those things that if I did that I remembered if I didn't say anything, I'd just be gone. So it, so this is just Devil's Den. While I'm talking about this, look up the total casualties for Gettysburg. So I think it's up there with Antietam. Total Gettysburg casualties. So for Devil's Den, it's like a bunch of boulders in the middle of this like depression field at Gettysburg. And during the battle there, More than 50, hold on, 000. hold on. During the battle there, eight hundred casualties on the Union side, Confederate casualties eighteen hundred. So that's just one battle. And you said how much total at Gettysburg? Fifty thousand. That's just crazy. I wonder what's the total casualties for all the Civil War. It's got to be up there. It's the most in American history, right? It's up there. Total Civil War casualties. Um, about six hundred twenty thousand dead. Whoa. 
Um, It's often cited that it's actually 618,222 with 360,222 Union deaths and 258,000 Confederate deaths. Wow. So speaking of deaths, um, I got real into doing ancestry and so did my dad. And he found out that one of our ancestors on his side was wounded at Chancellorsville. So therefore, he missed the Battle of Gettysburg. But if he wouldn't have been wounded, he would have fought at Gettysburg in the cornfields, which had some of the highest casualties. So our our line could have been completely wiped out if he wasn't injured at Chancellorsville. I thought that was kind of cool. There's probably a lot of stories like that with people's. Oh, yeah. So again, here's a little bit of information on Devil's Den. Uh, the fighting there happened July 2nd, 1863 on the 2nd day of the Battle of Gettysburg. It was intense fighting um, because General Robert E. Lee was doing flank attacks and James Longstreet was doing um, attacks as well. Ult- ultimately, the Confederates did capture Devil's Den. It, was, it took 5,500 Confederates to capture Devil's Den from the 2,400 Union uh, defenders. I don't know. I know there's hauntings there, but I'm not quite sure what they are. I just remember being there, and it was. Well, I would say it the, was odd, probably because it's the way the boulders are and little crevices everywhere. Well, if I remember the Ghost Adventures episode of Gettysburg, they mostly stayed to the train depot that ran through there. I I don't know if they went out in the field or not. Yeah, I don't remember either. I know the train depot. They caught some pretty compelling stuff i want to say if they did i want to say they stayed mostly like to the cornfield or up on the round tops i don't think they did devil's den i'd like to go back to gettysburg i'd I'd be down for that at some point yeah i'd like to go back to antietam too so that's it for the first edition of oddball places um i'm trying to find my notes We'll probably have about one or two more of these, just little off things that we've got to see over the years. Oh, duh. Here's my notes. The next oddball places will cover Flitteration Tunnel, the Gaines Mill Battlefield, Battlefield here in Virginia, and the Alderson Broadus School in West Virginia. And then we'll do another oddball places with, because we have tape for this, Childers Road. You might have done that while I was uh, hanging out with uh zach and them during the ghost adventures that was flitteration tunnel yeah you guys didn't went to flitteration but i don't know what children's road is there's a tape for it with your writing on it so Uh, (laughs) who who knows (laughs) and we'll talk about the plantations here and then the girls school that i used to work at so it'll be a little bit before we release the next episode because i need to watch a lot of tapes and do a lot of research and that'll be on the, I don't, is it the bowling school, boiling school? Bowling school or something like that. In Lewisburg. So that'll be the next episode, but that won't come out for a while. That was, that was an interesting one. Yeah. All right. Thanks guys for listening. <laughs>